How are we doing today, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports, the only student-ran sports podcast here on campus. Today is January 28th. It's a good day to be on campus. A little windy outside, but uh, it's now starting to warm up a little bit. Yeah, nice and sunny. I got some shorts on. Oh, that's a bold move there, Cotton. <laughs> bold move. Uh, today's going to be interesting. We're going to cover uh, some football news real quickly. We'll do men's tennis, track and field, women's basketball, and then last but not least, wrap up with some men's basketball for this episode. It's going to be a great episode for you guys, and please stick with us. And we're back, ready to rock and roll. Let's start off with the football news, just because um, we didn't cover it last time we were on air. We forgot, but... Uh, Malik Henry, no longer a part of the team, no longer t- taking classes here on campus. Not really surprised to many, I would say, um, just with how things ended, I would say. Um, tough break for a guy that probably could have done some pretty special things on a football field if he was given, um, well, he was given the chance. I don't want to say if he was given the chance, but if he could have uh, maybe cleaned up some stuff off the field. But, yeah, he's no longer going to be in a Wolfpack uniform didn't really make too much of an impact last season. Um, two games played, one and one, I want to say, or came into a game late. But he started definitely one game. Started San Jose State. Right. I think he played in two games. But that brings on to the question, though. Let's just stay on the track of quarterbacks. Um, what implications does that have going into next season? Obviously, we have our starter, uh, Carson Strong. I think that he's going to have... Uh, even better season. I think he's going to be able to build on his uh, redshirt freshman season. But we have some other players, uh, Hamish McClure, although I'm having a feeling that he is going to follow his dad. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on the team this upcoming season, even though we don't have official word yet. Uh, We have Cayman Curitan. Yeah, Cayman Curitan. Um, He former defensive back went to the QB side just because we were so low on numbers. I have a feeling that he might be going back to defensive back as well. Caden Bennett, who will be eligible to play next year, that uh, Boise State transfer, played his ball um, at Folsom High School. But he is from Reno originally, so uh, Folsom poached him to play for uh, Sacramento School. And then we also, Chris Murray broke the news today, actually, that we have a JUCO transfer, Nate Cox. Um, This kid is an animal. This kid looks like a straight-up beast, six foot nine, 240 pounds. Damn. That is a basketball player. That is a man right there. Yeah, I think he was, um, he lettered in baseball and basketball. Obviously, also played football. Um, He played in the Little League World Series, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, um, played in the Little League World Series, so he's a baseball player. He lettered in basketball, obviously six nine, probably dominated his high school basketball, and then um, is now a quarterback, and we just signed him. He'll be able to step on campus immediately, give immediate help to kind of a depleted position. But do you see anyone other than Carson Strong getting some playing time this season? I mean, I could see Caden Bennett giving him a run for his money just because Caden was one of the front runners at Boise for that quarterback position. So, you know, he's got some talent. If he originally went to Boise and was really in that conversation to be a starting quarterback, you know the kid's probably got to play some ball. And then having, you know, kind of this spring um, 
kind of spring camp for them. And then obviously seeing what they did last year in game probably has some experience, has seen some of the plays before and is really just taking those mental reps. So I could see him giving Carson a run for his money, but I think this is Carson's job to lose. I don't think that um, a lot of people are going to give him a lot of trouble besides Caden Bennett. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, He knows the offense. Jay Norvell knows what he can do. Matt Mummy, they all know what he can do. He's only going to get better. He's a young kid. He has a special arm. We've we've all heard it before, so I totally agree. I think, obviously, it's his job to lose. He can do great things on the football field. I think it's obviously Carson Strong's job, but I do agree with uh, Caden Bennett, though. I think he gives kind of a... uh, Kind of versatile one-two punch, you know. We could put him in, and maybe we can. He can be a Tyson, uh, Tyson Hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like from the Saints. Yeah. You know, put him in. Maybe he can catch the ball a little bit and just run some different offenses. Get people on their heels. Run the ball a little bit, maybe. So I think it'd be really cool to see a Caden Bennett Carson Strong duo. And then um, I wouldn't sleep on this guy though. To be six nine two forty. Um, I mean, that's a pure, I mean, that's an animal. So, yeah. I, I mean, I would like to see what he can do as well. He said in an interview with Chris that um, he likes competition. He's grown up with older brothers, so he knows all about it. He's excited to compete for a spot. So he's definitely looking to uh, come and give some impact to a team that is short on arms. Um, we're going to now move into some men's tennis. We are now 5-0 and after last weekend. We were 3-0 and after the first weekend. We are now 5-0 and after... Last weekend's shutout wins, um, both on Sunday at the Sonoma State University tennis courts, uh, 5-0 blanking of the host school, Sonoma State. In the second match of the day, the Pack scored a 4-0 victory over Holy Names University. Dodonkin, uh, he went 4-0 in singles and doubles matches combined. I think he was the Wolfpack Student Athlete of the Week for Nevada so that is pretty cool. Daniel DeDonkin, shout out to him. And men's tennis for going 5-0 and so far. I don't know when they're going to lose, but their next match is February 1st at Utah, Pac-12 Utah. So that is probably going to be our first real test. Hopefully that's not our first loss, but if we can stay undefeated, taking on a decent Pac-12 program, um, that will say a lot for this men's tennis team. Maybe a special year, so uh, stay glued to their updates. Uh, track and field. Track and field competed in the last day of the Ed Jacoby Invitational last weekend. We saw many first-place finishes, some new top-10 performances. The team had both junior Caroline Sawyer and freshman Raven Neely make it on the top-10 Nevada performance list for their respective events, so shout-out to them two. And then it's a quick turnaround January 31st and February 1st in Albuquerque as we take on a New Mexico team. So that'll be nice to get some uh, Mountain West action for track and field and see how we fare against uh, other Mountain West foes. Let's just dive into some women's basketball now. Let's get to the nitty-gritty because we are now 9-11 and and 2-7 and in conference play. We sit 10th in the conference. We lost to UNLV and New Mexico last week. I don't really know where to start after these, um, after these games. Just... This might be one of the most disappointing starts to conference play we've seen in a very long time, especially because the non-conference, it wasn't horrible. We did decent, and now we are 2-7 uh, and seven in conference play. We are literally second to last in the conference. At the UNLV game, it was back and forth from the start. Four lead changes and seven times the score was tied. It came down to literally the last shot for the UNLV Rebels. They were able to hit it with .02 seconds left on the clock. 
basically sealed the game 66 to 64. The perimeter shooting for the Wolfpack was atrocious, absolutely horrible. 0 for 10 from beyond the arc, while UNLV had a nice 42 percentage from three-point line. Shooting like that, I mean, that's literally what we've been talking about. Just no perimeter shooting, no scoring from outside the paint. Marguerite Effa, who's been great day in and day out, is pretty much the only bright spot of this lady Wolfpack team. 24 points, 9 for 15 shooting. Essence Booker had 11, joining Marguerite as the only players in double figures for Nevada. I mean, there's not much to say when we played the little sisters down south. We traveled to Thomas and Mac, a uh, horrible arena, by the way, to, you know, just a horrible place overall in Las Vegas. But two players in double digits, you're not going to win many games with that. You're definitely not going to win many games shooting zero for 10 from beyond the arc. Granted, I think we're lucky we got it even this close for a last-second like buzzer beater. Um, this team just isn't looking good. I don't, I truly don't know what to say at this point. I don't know if it's just the coaching staff or if it's the players, but if they don't get things figured out soon, it's going to be a long second half of the uh, Mountain West Conference schedule. It's going to be a long Mountain West Conference tournament. Yeah, I just don't know. It's going to be a long season if we can't get this figured out. But uh, what did you see from this UNLV game that really stood out to you? I mean, obviously the O for 10 shooting um, is very disappointing. And then UNLV shot the ball fairly well, which kind of indicates to me that, you know, our defense really wasn't stepping up. And that's something we've also talked about is early in the season we saw, you know, our defense really step up, really shine. It was the bright spot for this team. Um, And now it's kind of lacking a little bit now that we're getting into Mountain West play. I don't know if that's um, people, you know, have scouting reports on us now and know how to kind of break apart our defense or we're just not. Um, having good scouting reports against other teams and their offensive keys and stuff like that. So uh, obviously a heartbreaker at UNLV. We won a heartbreaker earlier this year. Now we lose one. Um, So hopefully we don't have any more close games like that that we come out on the wrong side of. But uh, yeah, just definitely a disappointing loss to UNLV who was, you know, pretty, you know, middle of the pack and um, Mountain West standings would have been a nice win um, to bump us up a little bit. Um, But yeah, just another disappointing loss against a rival that we hate to lose to. Yeah, I mean, it's it comes down to shooting again. That's something that we cannot do. And until we get that figured out, like I said, it's going to be a very long season. And, yeah, I mean, this one stings a little bit more just because it is UNLV. And uh, last second, I mean, we just could have had it. And uh, we, that's what we saw a lot in the non-conference as well, you know, close games that um, could have really went our way. And then that's just something that we can't do. Essence Booker talked about it a, like two weeks ago now how their coaches think that they can't close in close games. And I'm like, well, look, I mean, it happens. You know, day in and day out, you guys are unable to close in close games. So, um, yeah, just not a good game uh, against UNLV last, what was it, Wednesday. But then they traveled to New Mexico. Again, a loss, 20-point beating, 87-67. to 67. Uh, New Mexico had no problem scoring the ball, 50% from the field, 42% from three. Outscored on the fast breaks, 26-6, 20 turnovers for the pack. I mean, just a horrible game all in all. It was kind of that from the beginning. We looked at each other like after the first quarter, I think, or it was after the second quarter. It wasn't even close. So at halftime, they went half and really didn't even think, didn't really turn things around. And, um, yeah, I mean, three for 15 from three. The only three threes that we did have came from Essence Booker. Everyone else just couldn't shoot. Dom Phillips took four threes, missed all of them. Jacqueline Nakai took three threes, missed them. 
one for six from the three for Jacqueline. It just or one for six from the field. And it's just the inability to score, the inability to shoot the ball is making our team so one-sided that, I mean, we're seeing the effects of it, 10th in the conference. And I don't think that, you know, there's not really a mid-season cure for not being able to shoot the ball. You know, you can't bring someone on as a transfer mid-season, say, you know, shoot 10 threes and you try to make eight of them. It's just not going to happen. It's I don't know if this is a thing that we can really fix. So, I mean, Marguerite Effa can only do too, so much down low. Um, Essence had 15 points, six rebounds. And after those two games, we now have Colorado State on Wednesday, which is a home game. We have two straight home games for the um, Lady Wolfpack. But do you think that the season's going to get any better? Like, what do you think it's going to take for this team to really kind of get it all together? Because, like I said, if we don't get shooting down, it's kind of a lost cause. It's, we're so one-sided. We're so one-dimensional that, I mean, we could literally go another 2-7 and seven in conference at the, the um, second half of conference play, see ourselves in a horrible, horrible position for the Mountain West tournament, and really, dare I say, a horrible season overall. I think you hit it on the head, you know, when you can only do one thing and you're so one-dimensional, uh, teams have a pretty easy blueprint to, you know, game plan against you, and that's just, you know, let them shoot the ball and um, don't let us, don't let them beat them down low. Um, you know, it's just a tough thing. I don't know if there is a quick turnaround. I mean, it's up to, you know, Amanda Levins and the coaching staff to, you know, really dive into this team and maybe, you know, try out some new rotations, throw some people in who haven't really played together. Um, they just got to mix something up right now that, you know, hopefully would, you know, improve the team and um, result in a couple more wins down the stretch, you know, because that seeding, you know, we don't want to play an undefeated in conference Fresno State. Right. We don't want to play a very good Boise State women's basketball team in the first weekend of the Mountain West tournament. You know, for that to happen, we need a big turnaround. It's just going to take either, you know, a big shock to this team or, you know, something crazy is going to have to happen for it to turn around because um, at this point it's kind of it's looking bleak. Right, and before the season even started, when we were talking to Coach Levins, it was like we might have a shot at a top five Mountain West finish, and we might have, you know, we might have a really special year. Maybe get to a Mountain West tournament uh, championship game, and but now it's like the ceiling for this team might be a seventh seed going into the tournament, and we would be facing um, if we got far enough, we would be facing a really good Fresno State team that would dominate us easily. We'd be facing a Boise State team that. We had a good first half against, but came out and absolutely destroyed us after the break. We would be facing these teams that have our number, and you know the Mountain West. It's a um, conference that gets to know each other really, really well. And it, once you were one so so one dimensional like we are, that teams are going to key on that instantly, and it's going to be a very long year. And um, I think it's safe to say that seven seed right now going into the Mountain West tournament would probably be the ceiling. You know what I mean? I don't see us. I mean, do you see us going higher, any higher? I mean, we're sitting tenth right now, looking not good at all. Yeah, I think seven's a pretty good number. I mean, we do have a pretty you know tough stretch the rest of the way. We play Fresno State uh, one time, I believe. Uh, we have to play UNLV again, which we lost to. Um, you know, just a bunch of other tough games. I'm pretty sure we play Boise one more time as well. Yep. Um, so just not a real easy stretch of games. Um, playing a lot of the top people in conference right now. Um, so I th- I think you're right. I think a seven seed is kind of the ceiling, and maybe we go up to maybe a nine and eight, and that's kind of where I'm thinking we end up. Right. I think you know maybe there's a little surge late in the year, but um you know it's gonna be a tough 
Mountain West tournament if, you know, we're seated that low. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Wednesday at home, they're celebrating Black History Month. Get out for that. Saturday at home, that's the Boise State game. We are uh, It's their National Girls and Women in Sports Day, so that's going to be a good one as well. So get out at home. It's always nice to see them play and support our pack no matter how they are doing. Um, but let's get to a little bit of a happier note. Let's get on to some men's basketball before we wrap this short episode up. We are now 13-8, and 6-3 and three in conference, exactly where Coach Alfred wanted to be at the uh, kind of halfway point and the conference schedule at the UNLV game on Wednesday when the Little Brothers traveled up here to get smacked around. Smacked around is exactly what happened. We won 86-72. to 72. Five straight wins in six, uh, six of our last games. We've won five times against the Little Brothers, proving, in fact, that we are the better, more dominant, just overall better team, better Nevada team, that is for sure. I mean, it pro- it's, it's just right. You know, People call us Nevada. They call them UNLV. It's just how it is. Some players that stepped up, though, Jalen Harris, 28 points, 8 for 17 from uh, the field, 3 for 5 from 3, 9 for 11 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 0 turnovers, probably his most complete game that we've seen him play in the silver and blue, came at the perfect time. Jazz struggled a little bit shooting the ball, 3 for 10 from the field, 3 for 7 from 3-point line, but... He definitely made up for it. 10 for 11 from the free throw line. Three assists. Um, most of those were a little bit of garbage free throws, but it's okay. He made them when he needed to. It uh, definitely helped. And then Lindsey finally broke out of his score his, uh, scoring slump just at the right time. 15 points. Four for seven from the field. Two for four from the three-point line. Five for six from the free throw line. Six rebounds. Four assists. Two steals. And then, finally, who had, I think, his breakout game is K.J. Himes. I definitely think he had his uh, game that really we all needed to see, and I think he needed to see. Eight points, four rebounds, three blocks. There's a one series where he got the ball, turned around, dunk, made Lala go crazy, came back on defense, back-to-back blocks. They called the jump ball, we got the ball back, and then he scored on a layup. And I think that was the kind of series where it showed a little small, not I mean, not significant, a small glimpse to see what KJ uh, can really do on this team and see what he can really do in general. But just some other stats, fast break points, 20-7 to 7 in favor of the pack. We got to the free throw line 29 times, made it 25 times. It's an 86% clip from the charity stripe. Only six turnovers while the Rebels had 12. Overall, I don't, re- I couldn't find a bad part of this game. I really could not. Um, all in all, I don't know if it was the fans. I don't know if it was because it was UNLV. Um, but this really showed how this pack team could play. This pack team played like a second seed in the Mountain West tournament. This team played like the second best team in the Mountain West. No, no doubt about it. Um, what did you see from this from this game, man? It was it was hard to nitpick on what we did poorly because I I truly don't think we did anything poorly on uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the more complete games I think we've seen um, this basketball team play in a very long time. You know, we saw a lot of very complete games earlier in the season. Um, but, you know, starting out Mountain West, it was kind of shaky. Either, you know, we'd shoot the lights out of the gym or we wouldn't, and that would be kind of the story for us. In this game, you know, even when you see Jazz have a poor night shooting, Jalen steps up, Lindsey steps up like we've been talking about, and then finally, like you said, KJ, 
probably, I think, yeah, a little bit of a breakout game for him, something to really boost his confidence. I think that's kind of the bigger thing for me is now he knows he can play with these guys. Right. He's really shown why he was kind of, you know, kind of showing, not completely, but why he was preseason freshman of the year for the mm-hmm. Mountain West. Um, so just a really complete game. Um, I love the turnover stat. I mean, that's something you love to see, especially from, you know, a team that's really kind of been loose with the ball. There was one definitely. There was one game early in the season we had way too many turnovers. I forget which game it was. Um, going back to it, but I mean, to see that kind of be corrected uh, is very nice. You know, just a really complete game from this uh, pack team, and I think it really helped carry over to the New Mexico, the New Mexico game we played. Yeah, definitely. This, yeah, I agree. This uh, this team's not the best at taking care of the ball. We do turn the ball over sometimes. I mean, we're we're sitting around ten turnovers a game, I believe, and um, but we had six against the little brothers, and that really helped us a lot. I think KJ had obviously his best game that he's played in the silver and blue. Uh, Nizre had a nice game as well. Four for six from the field, super efficient. Two for four from beyond the uh, beyond the arc. One for one at the free throw line. Eleven points, uh, three rebounds. So this team is coming along pretty nicely. Um, I don't know if this was an anomaly this week because then we took on New Mexico, ninety-six to seventy-four. Took care of uh, pretty much every everything there. Uh, New Mexico's having some very very just yeah, they're having a hard time. Some over bad there. luck. I don't even know. Like, oh man, with reports that just came out, there was a shooting at a uh, Lyles, Jaquil Lyle threw a party on Saturday night, and there was a reported shooting. There was just so I I guess players from the New Mexico basketball team, after their chartered flight Saturday night, got in to New Mexico and went to the party. After they get slacked by 22 points. That's not, a look, that's not a good look. No. This team is um, facing a lot of problems. So I've, I'm just glad we took care of business. But this, uh, this New Mexico team who had so much promise going into the year with so much talent is going to, I think, drastically drop in the rankings. Um, but we took care of business when we needed to. The first person we have to talk to right out of the bat, the most impressive performance I have seen him play in person pretty much ever is uh, Nizre Zuzwa. 24 minutes, 20 points, 6 for 8 from the field, 6 for 7 from beyond the arc. I think it was a career high for both 6 threes and 20 points. Two rebounds, two assists, but really, I mean, when you're on the court for 24 minutes, you score 20 points. That's incredibly efficient and incredibly effective. I don't know if it's because he built on that 11-point you know, outing against UNLV. I don't know if this is the new normal, but this is a guy that averaged 20 points when he played at um, Bryant. It's no surprise that he should be dropping close to there. Obviously, he's not playing the minutes, but um, this was a guy that I think was deeply, not hurt, but deeply discouraged by Musselman. And now that he's getting giving free reign to do what he can do, man, he's he's really come into his own, and I'm thinking he's only going to get better. It take, took him a little bit in the beginning of the season. Um, I think he was getting adjusted to his new role. I think he was kind of like – I think he didn't really understand that people needed him to score now, and I think it's kind of clicked in, and I think that his shots are starting to fall because, man, against that New Mexico team, he was impressed. It seemed like he could do no wrong. And there was one where he banked it in. Yeah. Like, it was like – I just think it was the perfect game for Nizre. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, for him, I agree with you, who kind of lacked confidence coming into the season. 
um, has really kind of found his role. I don't think we can expect 20 points in 24 minutes off the bench from him on a regular, but um, to see that shot kind of falling more and more for Nizer, I think that's a really good sign. You know, I think we both talked about it. if we can get maybe 10 to 12 points off the bench from Nizre every game and, you know, have him, you know, kind of be the spark that kind of Jazz was last year, it's going to be a really big step for this team in the right direction. And I think um, that the New Mexico game, he really just shined and showed what he really could do and, you know, why Coach Musk really wanted him and as a Bryant transfer and brought him into the team in the first place. I mean, you know, obviously uh, for a kid who's had a lot of adversity the last couple of years, I think this is um, – just a really good thing for him, and I'm, you know, super happy that, you know, he got to do this. Well, and six people in double digits. I mean, he wasn't alone that Saturday night. Granted, he did lead the team with 20 points, but Jalen Harris, 19 points. Jazz Johnson, 12 points. Lindsey, 10 points. John Carlos, 10 points. And a great game from John Carlos, by the way. 11 rebounds, 10 points. And uh, Zane Meeks had it a great night as well. 13 points, 7 rebounds. 5 for 10 from the field. K.J. Himes, 7 points, 5 rebounds. There wasn't really anyone that could do wrong in this game. And then you look at um, you look at Robbie Robinson, uh, 5 points, 5 rebounds. He only played 16 minutes, though. I mean, K.J., 7 points, 5 rebounds, 11 minutes. These guys, I mean, because obviously John Carlos was playing the way he was playing. Coach Alford likes to play with the hot guys. He said that, I think, last week sometime when he said that um, – you know, Robbie wasn't getting a lot of time because KJ was playing so well. He wanted to keep KJ in there. But, I mean, there was really no one that could do any wrong against New Mexico. Yeah, it was just a overall great game. And I don't know if we can keep this going, but we're going to need to. We're definitely going to need to keep this kind of play going because looking ahead, we have Colorado State, who's 5-4 and four in conference on Wednesday. We travel to Colorado. And then Boise State, who's 5-4 and four in conference as well, on Saturday when we travel to Boise. These are two teams that are sitting directly right behind us in the conference standings. These are two teams that we're going to have to beat. I said this earlier. This was going to be a really, really difficult stretch starting with that San Diego State game because not that these teams are necessarily super hard to beat. I'm talking about UNLV and New Mexico and now hoping we can take care of business against Colorado State. But just with standing implications, you know, where we are going to finish in the Mountain West standing that these five games are going to be incredibly important. And these are in away games. So these two games that are coming up this week is going to be incredibly important because the implications that they have come Mountain West tournament time. Um, last time we played Colorado State, Zane had his breakout performance, 14 points, 6 rebounds. And then um, Boise State on Saturday, probably the most important game of the season because of seeding implications. Kind of a fun fact, we only have to win seven wins out of the next nine games, which is definitely doable. We only lost three games in the um, kind of the first half of the Mountain West Conference schedule to get to our fifth 20-win season in a row. Even if we don't get to seven wins in nine games, counting the, the uh, Mountain West tournament, counting if we do get into a CBI or NIT, um, if we don't win the at-large or if we don't win the Mountain West tournament, um, I doubt we're going to get an at-large, so we'll probably see an NIT, CBI kind of thing. We'll probably get to 20 wins no matter what, which is kind of speaks to a testament of what this program has become. Um, we hired Alfred, in my opinion, to keep this going. We hired him to get to 20 wins a season. We didn't hire him to get to 15 wins, um, sit you know 6th or 7th in the Mountain West. We hired him to be cut, especially in his first year, to get to 20 wins when it's supposed to be a quote-unquote transition year. 
this is a great, great um, scenario because a lot of fans forget this time, well, not this time, I would say May of last year, June of last year, um, we had no one on this team. Like, everyone was in the transfer portal. Yeah. We had a brand new coach. Like, kind of people, there was people thinking the sky was going to fall. And um, now we're talking about 20-win season, arguably sitting in the second seed of the Mountain West Tournament. So these games mean a lot. What are you looking for when we do travel to Colorado State, when we do travel to Boise State in these um, very, very important this uh, last two-game road stand? Yeah, I'm just looking to see if this is kind of a turning a corner of this team. I mean, two big wins, I mean, one against a rival, and then a really, you know, close to the heart game for Coach Alford against New Mexico, getting a 600th win yeah. in Lawler against his old team. That was kind of a special moment. But just seeing if this is kind of a turning a corner for this team, you know, is this a type of basketball we can expect from this team? Um, night in and night out, granted, you know, some different person is going to step up. It's not mm-hmm. always going to be Jalen. It's not going to be Niz dropping 20 off the bench. It's not going to be Jazz all the time. You know, are these players finally, you know, really clicking? And then, you know, is this kind of a brand of basketball we can get used to seeing for the next, you know, couple years with Coach Alford while we have, the you know, this talent on this team? But I'm really excited for these two games. It's Like you said, it's huge. If we can get this separation from both Colorado State and Boise State, yep. you know, in the Mountain West, I think that gives us a little more you know, room to breathe and kind of, you know, lets players relax a little bit. But I think they know, as well as Coach Alford, that these next two games are probably some of the biggest they'll play all year mm-hmm. um, until we get to the Mountain West Tournament. And I think that if we continue to play like this, it's it's going to be kind of a scary thing for the rest of the Mountain West. Oh, yeah, because, you know, we had, we had a four-game skid, I would say. Um, or, yeah, four-game skid. We gave we lost to San Jose State, which, looking back, I don't know how we lost to them mm-hmm. um, because of how we're playing now. We lost to Utah State, which is kind of more understandable um, because Utah State, they had they had everyone playing. They had Kata playing. They had um, uh, Sam Miro playing. They just had everyone playing that night. And then we only beat Wyoming, or we only beat Wyoming by one point, almost gave them their first win in the conference schedule. And then we got absolutely killed against San Diego State because of that second half. But then the, these past two games have been kind of looking up, and it kind of seems like this team took the punch in the mouth, and now they're responding. These next two games, mark my words, are going to tell us how we're going to do in the remainder of the entire season. Not only in the remainder of the Mountain West conference schedule, but in the tournament as well. That if these two games, if we can perform like we have the past two games, this is going to be a very, very nice end of the season for us. This is going to put the Mountain West on blast. It's going to show everyone what we can do. And I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow, Wednesday, when we travel to Fort Collins, play Colorado State. And then Saturday, when we travel to Boise to play Boise State. Um, I think that is all we have today for this short episode due to time constraints. Yeah, we'll be back at it soon. I don't know if we're going to do one later this week. We'll probably have one. I will most definitely have one next week. So we'll be able to recap all the action that happens over the weekend. We want to thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys so much for giving us your time. And like always, let's go. Power.